The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KB-TV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and New Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn opens our musical program with a toe-tapping and invigorating selection which speaks from our heart and directly to our Savior Jesus Christ for His blessed and bountiful love for each of us. We respond with a cheerful heart, I'm yours. 
Edith Matsuki accompanies our choir on the piano, and Rose Pahaku Kara on the organ. So come on and sing along with the choir and let your heart soar with gladness. Now for the first presentation, the church band under my direction will play that inspiring number, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go, with a featured flute solo by Sally Spodkaff and cello solo by Seneca Rose Hahn.
Our soloist for today is Emilia Hahn. She will sing for us a song entitled, Faith Can Move Mountains. The word faith isn't just a word when you have Jesus. He waits on us daily, listening to our every prayer. And he sees and feels what's in our heart as we turn everything over to him. Believe in him, trust in him, to work all things out, and Jesus will. Emilia will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Trusty Associate Pastor Emerson Pro Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars.
Singing the final number for today will be our church choir with a moving song of sincere and endearing compassion from our hearts and to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus, I love you. Iris Locke accompanies the choir on the organ and Ethan Masuki on the piano. Come and sing along with us using the words on your television screen. of the church orchestra under the direction of just the associate pastor and Winsprout Sr. uses their versatile musical talents to create an energetic rhythm of song entitled Praising the Lord. Thank you. 
Coming up next will be the vocal group Saints in Harmony, who enthusiastically await to sing this glorious melody entitled, Send the Light. Yes, viewers, and that glorious light is the gospel, which lights up the pathway to heaven through Jesus' words of salvation. Christy Hahn will accompany the group on the piano. It is a pleasure indeed to dedicate today's wonderful song to Leo Keira Hashimoto Kawai. May the good Lord continue to pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you, Leo Kadia, and may He continue to strengthen you each and every day. Have a wonderful and blessed day. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless wave. Send the light, oh, send the light. Yes, there are souls to rescue, and there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light. the world forevermore. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, 
and would like to appear at television time stations and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station K KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Our Sunday gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanari Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hill, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who is bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, the band, or special vocal and instrumental groups? My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give up their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our television viewers are used in fact to help maintain these weekly telecasts and through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the ones I have prepared for today and entitled, Bring All Your Tithes Into My Storehouse. Many of us this morning do not have a personal financial portfolio or a brokerage firm handling our investments. 
studying the Wall Street Journal, keeping abreast of the Dow Jones may not be our cup of tea. But what is common among us is that we have a basic knowledge of economics that is common sense. Balancing your checkbook, putting money away in your savings account for a rainy day, and purchasing life insurance, preparing a living will and living trust, pre-purchasing a funeral plan, are all part of a financial plan you have established. Taking these actions has answered the question, how can I get to where I want to go to with no more than I have to work with? Though it may sound humorous, it is a positive approach in managing your finances. But I'll be candid, it takes sacrifice and the right decisions in order to make your plan work. Each person, family, business organization, whether religious or political, will someday make a financial decision. The successful ones, who end up getting as close as they can to their goals and objectives, are the ones who have made the right choices. Being the head pastor and chairman of the board of trustees, assisted by five trustees, we manage the ministry the Lord has established here in Hawaii. Led by the Spirit of God and conscientious of our calling and responsibility to God and to the care of the congregation, we move ahead and God fortifies each step with signs following. When you speak of investments, you inevitably will address risk. Whether it be a low risk or a high risk, it is nevertheless a risk. In God's financial plan, which He provided, or the perpetuating of the Word of God throughout the ages, there are no risks involved at all. Investing your time, substance, and talent for the Lord will always be profitable to you. It is a sure thing, and the profits will arrive in the form of spiritual, financial, physical, and material blessings. This plan is referred to as tithes and funeral offerings. For us, Jesus is our chief executive officer who has an active role in all of the decisions we make. Never losing focus of our commission to oversee God's work, we are confident in the decisions we make and are willing to be held accountable as we take on the challenges the church faces each day. When and why did God establish tithes and fuel offerings? Let me take you back to the book of Genesis where it all began. God endeared himself to sinful men because we were created in His image. Mankind was blessed with the gift of choice. Well, we know what man chose, and God put His plan of salvation into effect. Let us read Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This scripture undoubtedly refers to Jesus Christ, who was yet to be revealed. The seed of Mary and Joseph was of the lineage of Adam. His birth brought hope to mankind. His life mirrored the righteousness of God. His death bore our sins, and His resurrection from the grave brought life eternal. Yes, He bruised the head of Satan, in that even the strong grip of death and the grave could not keep Jesus from returning to his throne in heaven. To keep this divine effort of saving souls moving in the direction, he chooses a shepherd and a sanctuary must be provided and maintained for the flock 
a special and sanctified place set apart and free from the pollutions of the world, a place where the searching soul can find comfort by hearing the word of God, a place where God's people can join together in righteousness and truth, holiness, and raise their hands in victory. Tithes and fuel offerings is God's way of making this happen. It is a commandment to all believers to adhere to such that the need of the house of God might be provided for. In Genesis, Abraham gave tithes to Meshachedek, king of Salem, being that he was a priest of the Most High God. Jacob, who saw a ladder reaching into the heavens, in his dream later committed himself to God and sealed his commitment by giving a tenth of all that he had. The Levites were specially chosen for the purpose of being entrusted with the care and administration of holy things. When portions of lands were distributed in Canaan, they were not given any because of their inheritance was the Lord. Instead, God required each tribe to tithe the house of the Lord, which in turn provided for them. To progress God's work with what the Lord brings in is first and foremost. We have never been presumptuous or assume what is the Lord's will. But in fact, we have made every effort to stay in cadence with the Lord. This television ministry is financed by the tithes, free will offerings, and donations of our congregation and television viewers. We don't take collections at any of our services. Neither do we have a preschool, daycare center, private school, or hold any type of fundraiser to finance the needs of the church. Since the beginning of this ministry in Hawaii, which spans over 96 years, we have never and will never have cookie sales, car washes, and so forth to meet God's needs. Don't you think it is rather peculiar for your pastor to ask you to get involved in a fundraiser? Doesn't it prompt the question, where has all the tithes and offerings I have sent in gone to? Failing to establish and maintain priorities has been the downfall of many churches. Unfortunately, the Christian realm has been plagued by financial misconduct, sexual misconduct, and in many cases overextended itself. Don't you agree that what the church receives is a result of God's love within the heart of those that believe, therefore, it should not be misused or the sincerity of the donors abused? These instances have had a deteriorating effect and many souls have given up on Christ. But I encourage you this morning to look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. It is interesting to note how we were able to know the Savior. For instance, Jesus found Matthew busy collecting taxes in the custom house. Before Philip went and called Nathanael to meet Jesus, Jesus had already found Nathanael, as Jesus stated, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Peter and Andrew were found preparing their nets for a day of fishing on the Sea of Galilee and were asked to be fisher of men instead. The Samaritan woman encountered Jesus at Jacob's well and was promised living waters, which is promised as well to all who believe. Zacchaeus, a chief publican whose curiosity about Jesus caused him to climb a tree just to see Jesus as he passed by. Jesus spoke to him directly saying, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. The thief on the cross beside Jesus, who remorsefully acknowledged his sins, and faced the consequences in the final moments of his life, was comforted. When Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
Others, no doubt, were touched by the efforts of Jesus. And what about you? Have you made your peace with the Lord and have kept his commandments in return? Has Jesus found you through this television ministry in order to enlighten you about your salvation? Let us turn to and read Mark, the first chapter, 14 to 15 verses. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Yes, time is fleeting by and the return of the Lord has an appointed time. Today, time is so very important and precious. Technology is highly advanced, which eases and shortens the time spent to do something. Unfortunately, time is allowed to go to work. Time is spent with the family and friends. Time is set aside for vacations. But when people are asked to go to church, they say there is no time. Repentance and believing the gospel should be paramount for every person. There was a night in which a Pharisee named Nicodemus made time for the Lord. Just imagine. He was one of the three richest men in Jerusalem at the time. And the stirring in his heart regarding Jesus gave him no rest. He made the time to seek out and inquire about the doctrine Jesus preached. We read in John 3, 2, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus spoke of one church and one doctrine. Everything Jesus did was confirmed with signs following, thus Nicodemus' acknowledgement that he was God sent. The conversation continued with a statement from Jesus, then an uncertain response from Nicodemus. As with many other Jews, Nicodemus pretended injured innocence, as if to say, how can this be? It was at that time Jesus revealed the most important thing to mankind. In John 3, 5, we read, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What other course can we take? When Jesus himself says, walk in my way, what will you say to yourself, TV viewers, on the day of judgment, when the books are opened, and where you thought your name was written, an entry was never made. It is similar to checking into a hotel after a lengthy trip. And the receptionist says, there is no record of your confirmation. What thoughts will pass through your mind as you stand in the company of many others, having full acknowledge that you have been excluded from the rapture? This is what remains should you not follow the Lord. Emptiness distraughtfulness and bewilderment, deep sorrow and regret. Turn to Mark 16, 16. We read, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. What we face at the end of this life is determined by the decision we make today. To rephrase the scripture, we have just read, Faith with works saves, whereas without faith, the consequences of sin is death. If you believe and want to perfect your faith, nothing will prevent you from keeping his commandments. Your worst enemy, TV viewers, will be yourself. Like Nicodemus was to himself initially, straightening his own bowels. Nicodemus tried to understand first 
and attempted to explain being born again logically, Jesus simply responded to him, Ye must be born again. Now take Peter, who stood confident in spirit on the day of Pentecost and revealed the keys to the kingdom of God. Read in Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For Peter, befriending repentance at the most crucial time in his life, saved his soul. Fresh on his mind, as he spoke these words, was the night he denied the Lord three times. I'm sure it was something he could never forget. And yet, because of his repentance, Jesus gave him another chance. The mere mention of the word repentance brought back memories of himself weeping bitterly on the night he denied the Lord. He could recall the many miracles Jesus performed with the finality of watching Jesus ascend into heaven from the Mount of Olives. One night in particular stood out, the night when they lay their fishnets and caught nothing. However, when Jesus spoke to them from the shore to cast their nets on the right side of the ship, they caught 153 fishes. It was on that same night as they sat by the fire that Jesus said to Peter three times, Lovest thou me? Peter's response each time was, Thou knowest that I love thee. Surely Peter was grieved after the third time. He may have abandoned his faith once again to return to his former life. It was therefore necessary that his love for Jesus be reinforced. Evidently, he had forgotten about the miracles or of his conversation with Jesus at the coast of Caesarea, Philippi. He had forgotten about the transfiguration he witnessed at the foot of the Mount of Hermon and of two instances where the Lord fed multitudes of people with a few loaves of bread and fish. It became essential for Peter to remind himself of how much he loved the Lord. Three times he denied the Lord. Three times he affirmed to himself and Jesus that he was willing to bear the Lord's cross and follow him. Jesus instructed Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. In Acts 4.12, the boldness of Peter is further illustrated as we read, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't be fooled. Not all paths lead to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I could cite you many reasons why people would not give their heart to the Lord in the manner you have just heard. Prominent men have presented arguments to discredit the baptism, but without success. According to God's word, all are without merit. Now that you have been given an opportunity to be saved the Lord's way, Jesus says, today is a day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. Yes, perpetuating the gospel you have just heard is the very purpose of tithes and fuel offerings. Tithing is a responsibility of every believer, and we each should be doing our very best to maintain an unblemished record. However, unfortunately, some fail. Many enjoy the luxuries of life, 
by not surrendering their tithes, flaunting new cars, expensive jewelry, luxurious homes, traveling, are done at the expense of the Lord. They have lost the fear of the Lord and have unknowingly placed their spiritual well-being in jeopardy. Their worship has become informal and insincere. When tithes and offerings are withheld, the Lord's work suffers. God chose the prophet Malachi to admonish Israel of their shortcoming. Let us read Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But he said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But he said, Wherein have we robbed God thee? In tithes and offerings. All God requires is a tenth of our gross income. Here in the Apostolic Faith Church, the congregation is not asked to sign a pledge of any sort. We do not ask congregation members for a copy of their tax filings at the end of the year to compare their donations with actual income. We do not segregate or prefer some saints over the other because of the amount of tithes they give. We do not send collectors to their doorstep because they are failing in tithes. Neither do we send intimidating letters threatening dismissal from the church or deprive one of promised blessing that only God can distribute. We do not make false promises or persuade listeners by promoting ownership or professional treatment. Jesus instructed his disciples in this manner, freely receive, freely give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Whether one receives an hourly wage or monthly salary, we are all required to give a tenth unto the Lord. Many reason within themselves on how to get out of giving their tithes. Therefore, an individual's attitude toward money is a fundamental test of his spiritual commitment. As I have said in the beginning, we are blessed with common sense. If you keep Jesus in mind, viewers, your budget will include the amount that is to be set aside for the Lord just as if you would set aside amounts for your rent, mortgage, or utilities. Giving your tithes is more important than these. As always, what we give to the Lord, the quality and the amount is between you and the Lord. God says as you make the sacrifice, He in turn will bless. Confirming the need for sacrifice is found in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The identical message is being said to all who will believe. As we continue reading in Malachi 3, verses 10 and 11, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. Here you see in the scriptures that making the sacrifice will be rewarded. 
God stands ready to bless those who are willing to do what He commands. The open windows of heaven are a symbol of such a blessing. I always inform my congregation to look about them and see what the Lord has done and how their tithes and fuel offerings have been spent. Since our humble beginnings in 1923, we have a sanctuary for the saints to worship in a prayer tower dedicated for the sole purpose of prayer, a Sunday school complex which houses the classrooms, church office, printing department, and parsonage. We have beautiful branch churches on four of the neighbor islands, two branch churches in the Philippines, and a television ministry being televised in the state of Hawaii, the west coast and the east coast of the continental United States. This has been accomplished with the Lord's help and guidance, accompanied with frugal and conscientious spending, and moreover with the faithfulness of the congregation and viewers in the tithes and offerings. In other words, to be very candid, if I had to choose between building another branch church and putting on an extravagant theatrical Christmas performance, Involving $30,000 or more and flying angels in the furtherance of the work will always take precedence over the entertainment. Isn't that what God would want us to do? Our congregation is made up of believers from all walks of life, and I'm proud to say that they are all rich in faith. They each have taken the Lord at His word by surrendering their tithes, and in turn, the Lord has proved Himself without fail. King David testifies to this in Psalm 37:25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Oftentimes I hear saints comment on the amount of tithes they have given. When they receive their receipts at the end of the year, they say humorously, gee, what good have I bought with this? Or just imagine if I could save this much. Yes, if one is faithful to the Lord, the amount is rather large. However, I say to them, thank the Lord. He gave you the 90% and he kept only 10%. In the Lord, we learn that it's more blessed to give than to receive. As we grow spiritually, generosity becomes second nature because the results of our sacrifice is seen in the growth of the gospel. Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We conclude our program this morning with a number by the church band who will play Since Jesus Came Into My Heart.
program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.